Welcome back, everyone, to season three. Can you believe it? Season three of the RE Effect podcast. I'm so excited to kick off this season. I wanted to do things a little bit different kicking off the season so that we can focus more on our bodies. So we have to also focus on our bodies as well as our mind and everything else. So with that being said, I want you to stay tuned as I have a certified fitness trainer, Mr. Chavez, who will be sharing some very important information with you. Stay tuned. Hi, Chavez. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the RE Effect podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I'm excited to have you on today so that we can talk about getting fit. Okay, sounds good. All right, so you are a certified fitness trainer, correct? Yeah, yeah, certified fitness trainer, certified. Uh, <clears throat> the title that's on my um, certificate is certified personal trainer. Okay. And what did you have to do, like, to get those credentials? Like, how would one go about getting those credentials? Uh, so a lot of times, like, you usually don't have to go to college, but I did go to a university that kind of specialized in those type of principles. But for most individuals, uh, you have to seek out one of the certification organizations, uh, whether it be ACE, that's the Academy uh, Council on Exercise, uh, or you can go through NASM, National you know, Accreditation Sports Medicine, or different, it's different organizations. And usually what you have, you have to study a curriculum that talks about different aspects of the human body, which is kinesiology and also exercise, silence, philosophies, and things like that. Um, so usually you do that and you go through, uh, different credit hours, it's usually self-study and you usually sit for an exam after you feel as though that you are ready or prepared for that. And a lot of the certification organizations have seminars or things of that nature that you can do to, uh, you know, kind of hone your skills and learn and practice and study along the way. So there are all, there are a multitude of organizations. Uh, you just, you'll study for about, say, four to six months, and then you'll sit for your exam. Okay. And, and what school was that? You want to shout out your school you went to? Uh, yes, I went to the magnificent, illustrious Morgan State University uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I was there from 2008. I graduated in 2014. I was a member of the uh, magnificent March machine, the marching band where I played tuba. And I also uh, was a part of the sports medicine team where I worked with uh, athletes and football and soccer and things like that nature uh, for their like more of their rehab and, and uh, rehabilitation side of things. So you know what you're doing pretty much. Um, I would <laughs> say I would say that I, I do to a certain extent but again like I said this has come with over time. This wasn't the trajectory that I originally was going to go on because I was going on the physical therapy field but over time our industry has evolved and uh, you know, I've, I've learned a multitude of things and kind of honed my skills. So I do think I have a lot more to go, but for where I'm at now, I believe I, 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 I do know a good bit of information. Like, you know, like I, I like to remain humble all the time. <laughs> right. I get it. So as a certified fitness trainer, what is one of the biggest misconceptions people have about weight loss? Um, so when we talk about weight loss, that's a very, wide and big topic. I'm glad you brought that up. 
I think a lot of misconceptions people have is that through social media and through a lot of different commercials and things that everything is a one quick fix. Um, that there's one way to get to it, that everything can be cured with a magic pill or a shot or something like that. And then people don't really have, feel like they don't really have to put in the work or put in the time or really come up with any type of game plan. But as far as that's concerned, so I get a lot of questions and people just want to skip. They just want to go from A to Z instead of doing all the smaller steps in between. So I think the uh, Instagramification is what people kind of... Uh, get mixed up. And I feel like weight, weight loss is kind of the, sometimes the wrong word to use initially when you're first starting, because we need to just focus on your goals because there are so many other, other varying factors that go into a person's weight. There's not always just what they're eating. It could be habits. It could be hormones. It could be lack of exercise. It could be stress. Cause the body is, I said, tell people the body's just like a car, you know, it's maintenance. You have to, put work into it you have to put things in and out you know you have to get an oil change um things of that nature so i think that's the, one of the biggest misconceptions i think it's the fact that you brought up how like you know tv portrays you mm-hmm. can do this real quick and then it'll happen it'll, you'll drop right. your pounds it'll say like in six days like that you know infomercials and things like that and i think right kind of a i guess you could say to an extent false advertisement because yes. that doesn't really work for everyone Right. So speaking of that, do you think diets work? Uh, again, another word that I believe people use a kind of a trigger word that's used in the industry a lot of times in health and wellness. I don't know. Diets don't work, in my opinion. And, I, and also from other people and nutritionists and dietitians that I talk to, diets don't work. I believe nutrition works and what you consume and how you go about you know, your habits, your eating is what helps because nutrition is over time. Diets are just here now. You know, that's just a quick way to get you off and to get you to a certain weight or to get you to a certain look. And you're following this plan. But once the body starts to adapt, it plateaus and your body can't break down and synchronize what's being put into it. Uh, just like anything else. Um, I don't think diets work. I think nutrition is the key and what you consume is what works over time. And, and, seeking, and seeking out the right individuals who can specialize in that. Because I think a lot of times, especially sometimes in our community, people feel as though they can always go it alone. They don't need help. They don't need, you know, any type of assistance or anything like that. But there's so many resources out here. So it's kind of just deciphering through what are the, the right resources. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. Um, let me ask you this. So speaking of that, can you explain what is happening with the body when, you know, some people they'll work out and they may not see their weight decrease or the, you know, a loss of pounds when they step on the scale. Right. Then when they put their clothes on, it may fit differently. So what's going on with the body with regard to that? So that's good that you asked that question because specifically what we do uh, at the facility that I work at is that we have what's called a Tanita scale. So most gyms and a lot of commercial gyms have, you know, general scales, you step on a scale, it's kind of uh, measuring, not a measuring, it's kind of just taking on the, the consumption of what you're putting on it, like that force and that way that you're putting on it. Uh, what we have, especially, we, we specialize in, we have what's called a Tanita scale, kind of tells your body graph index. So, and this is what a lot of the um, athletes and bigger programs use too, to kind of tell what's going on. So when a person say they step on a scale, Let's take myself, for example. I'm about 230, 240 pounds. 
but I may not look that way of what a person might can perceive as that person, you know, being a little bit larger, carrying a little bit more fat tissue in their stomach. So what we have is when you step on a tinea scale is measuring the, the electrical impedance of your body a little bit. So it's kind of so taking one big like graph at that time and it gives us a, a print uh, receipt printout. So it's not only telling me your weight, but it's going to break down what's your percentage, what's your actual fat mass, what's your muscle mass, and what's your water retention. And it kind of gives a, you know, more of a body graph index of where we should go from there. Because sometimes it's not always the weight. It could be sometimes what, what is that, what is that balancing act? Are you carrying more water than you're carrying more fat? Are you carrying more fat than you're carrying more muscle? Uh, then vice versa. So a lot of times, and I do come into that a lot some of my clients and sometimes with my um, older population who are 50 and above, sometimes it's the body's adaptation uh, to a lot of the different things that we're doing with the workouts and their lifestyle and their nutrition. So sometimes it's what's called inches. And that's where we come into with being diligent about how we go about doing our protocols. So it could be from a measurement standpoint, someone could have gained more dense connective tissue, more dense muscle mass than it just being fat. So if I go on the scale week one and I'm 155 and I go back in four weeks, I'm 158. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's fat mass all the time. So I think getting the scale, and they have them out more now uh, commercially, getting a scale that's telling you what makes up your weight is a lot more uh, accurate, in my opinion, than than just stepping on the scale. Because then your mind constantly is going to play like a, a, you know, a guessing game and a trick on you. And that's where people get into with, you know, weighing themselves so much. So how often should an individual, how often do you recommend an individual check their weight? Uh, well, it's a couple of factors. So I tell an individual to check their weight and it depends on what they're doing. So I generally, as a rule of thumb that I use, I do at the beginning of the sessions uh, when you first start, because that's kind of like the measuring point. And then I do it either in the middle, towards the middle and towards the end. So I would say one to two times a month. But again, we go to, you have to have a game plan. You have to know what you're doing when you come into the gym and and have a goal set in mind overall and how we get to those goals. So I would say one or two times a month, and that's kind of where I come in as the you know personal training expert, and I'm kind of constantly taking those measurements and protocols in between uh, for that individual. Because if you do it too much, then you're always going to be dissatisfied. You're always not going to be satisfied. So what happens when you actually get to that point where you do lose the weight? Um, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, that cognitive approach in your behavior uh, starts to see a change. So in order for someone to really, who's really trying to put in the effort to, you know, reach their ultimate goal, mm-hmm. how often do you believe they should meet with their training? Well, generally what I tell people to do, uh, in my opinion, you should be meeting with your trainer at least two to three times a week. Uh, it's the same thing. And I always kind of like to relate things to individuals. It's the same thing. If you uh, want to get your hair done and get your hair cut, you're constantly looking in advance. You don't just go sometimes when you're ready. You go on a schedule because you have to work off of a schedule because you're putting in the personal training time based off of your work, you know, your children, you know, other things that you have to do, other engagements that you have. So general rule of thumb, I say one or two times, well, sorry, two to three times a week because you're constantly going to start to build that reputation, that repetition, and you're going to build that rapport over time. Uh, if you really want to, I guess, see more results or really get in the rhythm because it takes work and it takes effort because we're trying to get the body 
to do a lot more at a certain intensity and a certain pace. So just doing that one time, one time a week is not really going to start to stick in and hone in on your body, adapting to the new exercises or weight that we're putting on it. So how quickly can one see results? Like how quickly will they notice the results if they, if they stick to the game mm-hmm. plan, like you said, coming two to three times a week? Uh, generally, uh, and again, I, 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 that's one thing I have to address to my clients too. That's a big, another big misconception that there's no one quick fix or one size fits all as a continuous journey. Most people, you know, sometimes will stick with it depending on their lifestyle. And also too, it goes with what they're doing when they're not in the gym. So people I've had who've done that first 30 days, 60 days, they do really well. They might, you know, drop a, a inch uh, or they might, you know, go down 2% body fat or gain more muscle retention. And I have others who necessarily, you know, only do the training or only do what I tell them while they're with me. And on the other end, don't necessarily see it at the same time. So not only am I just doing, you know, most of the fitness aspect, I'm trying to get this individual to take on more habits and everything and hold them accountable for that over time. So again, that could vary depending on the individual. It's kind of hard to say, but from what I've had from a, from more of a consistent basis for some of my clients has been 30 to 60 days. Okay. Now, Check this out. So before we um, got on the call, mm-hmm. I had just seen this. Um, it was, a, I guess you could say, like an Instagram post Uh-oh. where <laughs> a young lady, <laughs> a young lady, um, she had weight loss surgery. Right? Okay. And but now she works out, mm-hmm. and you know, people, had, of course, were in the comments. But the point that she was trying to stress was. Even though you have weight loss surgery or if you have plastic surgery to make, you know, I guess you could say enhancements or to improve your body to your level of comfort, um, you still need to work out after that to maintain. Right. What is your thought on that? Uh, I do believe that's true because I can I can speak to her from a certain aspect. Again, I'm not a medical doctor or anything like that. But before I was in the fitness realm, I was a exercise tech and a physical therapy office still sometimes specialized in bariatric surgery and things like that and again the biggest thing even with the exercise it is true because movement is medicine the individual has to constantly be at a point where they're doing some type of activity because it's kind of that old misconception that conception if you don't use it you lose it if you don't continuously practice these skills or you're not continuously improving on your development that could be with anything that could be with doing hair doing sports or anything like that, you have to do it because the body is meant for movement. You know, we don't come out, you know, we're not born, you know, stationary. We're meant to use our muscles, to use our joints, to to be active. You know, that's the biggest thing I try to to relate to people and those, you know, to to more so be in these activities of daily life. So, yeah, the weight loss surgery is just one thing. You know, it's the same thing if you were to get, you know, regular surgery, if I tore my ACL and I can't just get my ACL repaired, and just not go to rehab. I want to be to a functioning optimal level. You don't just want to be just all right with what's there. But they do sometimes have individuals in these hospitals that do specialize with weight loss and people who do specialize with exercise in the uh, bariatric weight loss level. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, about constantly staying, you know, keeping your body in movement. Yes. Now, with the pandemic, mm-hmm. I know a couple of us have put on, even me, myself, mm-hmm. put on some COVID weight. Okay. <laughs> so, 
and you know working it off but how has the pandemic impacted your business well the the just generally just starting off with the pandemic uh to be completely transparent in the beginning i was uh furloughed from my company not but you know because of anything that uh that they wanted because of everything that happened so i would say for me that it impacted me a, a great deal but a great deal to the point where it was a positive so you know one thing that my director that he did right away is that we went to a online model uh with connecting just with our members through facebook we weren't you know charging anything we weren't you know trying to uh you know do anything as far as conversation anything like that that was just a bigger way of keeping community so the biggest thing that's changing for me is that we've completely integrated into the virtual fitness and the virtual class model where we are, you know, we have a whole setup now in one of our rooms and where we have the uh, headset, we have the microphone and everything like that. Before, that's something that I feel like a lot of people, even including myself, just kind of like just toyed around with or maybe, you know, we might do online. Well, I don't really like online. I like being a person, but it's not a matter of if it's a must at this point now. And it's helped me adapt, but it's helped me adapt in a positive way because I can reach a bigger audience and it helps me help with more of a, different type of coaching and, and reaching a different type of environment and help me really adapt with my skill set. So I just, I think with everything, um, with my business has definitely been greater. And also on the back end, uh, when the pandemic didn't happen, we were going right into the spring and the summer and my clientele has, you know, increased, uh, tremendously. Uh, I think before the pandemic, I was maybe up to seven people, maybe six, but now I'm up to, probably 13 or 14 consistently because I think individuals saw just being in the house, you know, we were all in this routine and we were all going day to day with, with our jobs and everything like that. But now just being in the house and, you know, really taking self inventory of what, you know, we need as individuals, whether it be mental or physical, a lot more individuals are not, you know, going now and saying, Oh, I need to be in the gym. Or I need to be doing some type of exercise, like more so integrating that into their day and i've definitely seen a change in that with business and things like that and also just keeping up with the different trends and things that are coming out that's the biggest thing too with companies uh you know adapting to that you know you just want to make sure you're sticking with the times because this industry is constantly changing and evolving but everything that's happened with me so far has been tremendously positive and i've gained a lot of referrals from uh, a lot of my clients as well well that's a positive thing and so you guys are, you know, you have some of your clients that are coming still back into the mm -hmm. gym or into the facility. So what adjustments have you guys made to ensure the safety of your clients? Just, you know, just in case you have some who may still be, mm -hmm. you know, a little worried about coming back. In. Right. So one of the great things that we all, that was always very pertinent about the facility that I work at is that mostly it was for corporate members because we work on a corporate campus. So pretty much with that, that, with that being said, we had a lot of members who were working on the, at the different companies on that campus. So that was about, I would say, 80% of what made up our clientele. Then we had some public members. So what we did, none of those members aren't even there. What we did is that we kind of did a whole readjustment of our equipment. Uh, my boss, he was able, he laid down painter's tape everywhere, kind of in these safe zones, these green zones where... You know, you can kind of you have your mask off or you specifically work in that zone. We have a lot more wipes and containers everywhere. We went from having like a self temperature check to one of those temperature checks you have on the wall now. 
and everyone signs a uh, guest waiver when you come in asking those specific COVID questions and everything. We and we do uh, we have a uh, more so like a cleaning day where the our crews come in and they do it periodically every. Uh, a couple of weeks or at least once or twice a month. And we have like the specific uh, spray gun that gets a lot more bacteria up and things like that. So again, that's been a, a, that's been another adjustment we've made to really ensure the safety of our members and things like that. And also too, that it, the area is spread out. So it already wasn't too many people, but now throughout the whole day, we may get 20 or 30 people that are staggered. So it's not like maybe some other commercial gyms where you have to wait 10, 20 minutes just to get on of a, a piece of equipment. We really, we really took pride in that and being safe with our members and really ensuring that when they returned. That's good. Um, I know a lot of businesses across the country had to make adjustments right. and it's still a learning it process, is. I think, for, you know, for everyone. Right. So I heard you have a boot mm-hmm. camp. Yes. And what's the name of your boot camp? Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of what well it doesn't have <laughs> funny you say that it doesn't have it doesn't have a specific name I probably should give a specific give it a specific name uh, but I do teach that boot camp so we kind of like call it like a fit club and things like that because the biggest thing with the boot camp is that we're creating community so these are not people who are always new these are people who are, are members a lot of times and it creates a different element um, when you come to the boot camp. I did a bone. So when it's boot camp, are you in drill, Sergeant? No. <laughs> now, I think that's what another, again, we always do wording when it comes to uh, a lot of things in fitness. It's not necessarily a drill, Sergeant. Also, I take a lot of my philosophy and things from uh, coaching cues because when I, I interned briefly well, for about six or seven months at Towson University in their uh, strength and conditioning department, and I don't necessarily go into a boot camp more like a drill, Sergeant, because, you know, one, I wasn't in the military, but I do come from a disciplined mindset because I take what I do very seriously and I take the coaching very seriously. So it's almost like precision based. And I look at um, fitness and coaching as you're, you're being an architect and you're responsible for something and your canvas is like the person's, you know, body and things like that. So I'm constantly looking, constantly coaching, which is like uh, just giving you a certain correction to make where I say like, you know, tighten your shoulders up or relax the knees, something like that. But I am very assertive. And I'm a little bit more uh, diligent because you know I'm dealing with a bigger group, and this bigger group is very active, and this bigger group is very, you know, you can push them a little bit more. But also on the back end, if an individual was just starting off first, I ask them general questions. You know, do you have any pre-existing issues? Do you have any knee issues, any torn ligaments, or anything like that? And I'm constantly with them and coaching because you know I have to have my eyes everywhere in this <clears throat> 45 minutes to an hour period. But I, not, I'm not necessarily a, a boot camp, a, a drill instructor, but I am, picture me like a, like a high school coach of a basketball team or football team or something like that. You know, no one gets hurt, but I want to make sure everything's getting done right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked earlier about, you know, diet, nutrition. How important, I just want to mm-hmm. touch on this, how important is what you uh, I will say that's the biggest thing. Uh, when it comes, you can do exercise, but like a lot of things, a lot of structures use in our industry is that you can't out train a bad diet. Cause I can do, you know, lift weights, I can run everything like that, but the body is constantly working as a mechanism. I say the same thing as a car. Like I can have the Ferrari, but I'm putting regular gas, <laughs> excuse me, in this high power car, then it won't work. 
So your fuel is your system. The car is is the the vehicle, but the fuel, the gas is the system, which you're putting in your body, you know, fruits, vegetables, things like that. And this is not to say that an individual can't have certain foods at a certain period of time, but that can't be the abundance of what you have because in some aspect your body is going to is going to show you know, what you're eating or what you haven't been eating at that time. Because again, as we go in more consistent levels of training, the you have to have that much more of a diligent game plan and fuel. And you can have variety with nutrition and things like that. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day, but that is 80% of what uh, makes up a program because it's kind of like the 80-20 rule we use, 80% nutrition, 20% of the exercise. Yeah, and I've noticed too, like for myself mm-hmm. personally, I'll put I'll put okay. myself out there. But I noticed I used to try to cut off my food and say, like, you know, make sure I had dinner right. by seven. And that time didn't really work for me. And I've noticed now that I've adjusted the time, now I try to cut off my time about four, okay. maybe five ish. Um, I noticed I have a little bit mm-hmm. more energy. You know, even throughout the day, you know, throughout the, that night and the next day, my energy level is like, okay, I'm ready. What right. I have to do now? And I drink pretty much if I, you know, for the most part, after that time frame, mm-hmm. I just drink water. Or if, you know, if the urge comes to want something, I'll snack on right. a piece of fruit. But again, that, that goes into what you said, which are, which are good habits. But see, these are the things that you're doing when no one's around because you've understood the importance and you know that this is not just one time this is about longevity because we don't do the exercise and things like that just to say hey i'm i'm here initially you come in and you say hey i want to lose weight because i'm getting married or i have a triathlon coming up or something like that or individuals say i want to build muscle uh for whatever particular reason but we realize that you know we only get one body that's the way i kind of tell clients to sometimes bring that in like you can get another car you can get another house or anything like that. We only get one of these. So we have to make it as, you know, as as livable and, and thrive as much as possible. And um, and I try to, and again, the fitness part is a part of preventative medicine, which is something I don't think that's uh, emphasized enough in our communities and in our um, society. You know, it's preventative medicine. I don't want to have to wait till I get to the doctor to tell me you got to lose this weight. So, Chavez, we were talking about, um, I had mentioned my energy levels and how I noticed they've been different since I've adjusted my time as far as my cutoff time when I eat at the right. end of that day. And you mm-hmm. were speaking about preventative measures, and I just wanted you to continue with that. We just had some slight technical difficulties. but Okay, no problem. No problem. Uh, yeah, so a lot of times what you, what you want to do when we talk about exercise and health and fitness is you want to be preventative. You don't want to wait till something happens to you as far as your health declining or you gaining a lot of excess weight or not, you know, being preventative when it comes to exercise. And that's the one thing, you know, what, what I try to do is I try to dispel what's already out there versus what you can do. Like exercise, nutrition doesn't have to be this big, scary thing of an individual laid out and body hurting and nutrition you got to be so strict with your diet and everything like that again it's it has to it has to be ingrained into like your daily routine just like you know you you know putting gas in your car or or you know any anything you know cleaning your house or anything like that it's just a part of your routine so one thing that you can do is like just find an activity that you like it doesn't have to be weight training that's what some people prefer or running or things like that like even in my neighborhood i see people walking 
uh, their dogs, the people, people jogging. I see people uh, at the tennis courts, things like that. You know, movement is medicine, which is a big thing I learned from one of the coaches. Uh, seminars I went to a couple of years ago, Kevin Carr. That's one of the things he said, movement is medicine. And that's important over time because we constantly want to lubricate the joints. The body's moving. You know, we're not stiff and things like that because the body is meant to is meant to move and to be in these different activities because that's what we do during the day. You know, we have to <clears throat> do what's called activity, activities of daily living, and those things become more important as we uh, get older, just doing basic things like cooking, laundry, you know, things like that of, of, of that nature. So I know you have, you know, you specialize as a certified trainer, but do you also – offer or assist your clients with creating a food plan as well? Uh, that's one big thing uh, also too that that's in our industry. Uh, so for me specifically, I don't give specific meal plans because that's not necessarily what I'm trained in. But we do have individuals and we do have an individual at our facility who does specialize in medical weight loss and has training in, on, in nutrition. Uh, Marilyn is her name, and she has a Trinity <clears throat> Trinity uh, medical weight loss that she does with that comes to our facility about, I believe, like once a week. Uh, so I will give guidelines and I will show different things, but as far as breaking down, because the whole it's a whole science of that in itself. Uh, and I think that's sometimes where people try to specialize and double up on that as trainers. I don't necessarily agree with it because I feel as though you can only hone in on one area that your client needs, which is the exercise portion, but that's what we study. That's what we know. That's what we're practicing every day. We don't practice nutrition. Most days we practice nutrition for ourselves. We don't practice nutrition for them. Uh, so I usually outsource or give resources of people who you can contact or of a certain website or accredited website where you can, you know, more so track your food or everything like that. Um, I don't necessarily give um, meal plans to people because then you're getting kind of tricky mindset because already enough to plan these exercises for these individuals. And I believe in you go to the subject matter expert for that specific uh, subject. I like how you pretty much stay in your lane. Right. You know what I, I mean? Because I believe in that wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you have a social media has just Yes. Taking things to a whole it's very topic. distorted, yes. And so you have people who may say, you know, I'm a personal trainer, but mm -hmm. they technically are not certified. Right. Or you have individuals who may say, you know, here's a, a fitness meal mm -hmm. plan, right? you know, based off of something that they've seen maybe on YouTube right. or that they've read, but that's not what they're certified in, you right. know, and, mm -hmm. and people will follow it yes. and not really knowing or understanding if this is really a actually healthy or beneficial for them or not. I'm not saying what they're doing doesn't work, right, but correct. you want to make sure that you're following someone because you have to also factor in your own personal medical history. Correct. So Chavez, I wanted to ask you, how do you encourage your clients who may feel discouraged in the process as, you know, like they might not be receiving results as quickly as he or she may like? Uh, well, Generally, when we come to that portion, I kind of do what's called like the cognitive behavior model, which is what some, uh, you know, health coaches use, which is a, another different profession. They're more so getting to the behavior of the individual 
and I'll that's more so where we have that evaluation. And I also do that alongside. This, this is usually around the same time I'm checking their weight as well. I just don't check their weight. I kind of do an inventory of what's going on. So I kind of ask them how they feel from a one to a 10. What is your energy level been like? What is your stress level like? Because we're trying to figure out in what area is something going on that could have effect on your weight. Because we carry a lot of weight through, through our stress or we may have overeaten that night or everything like that. And what I do a lot of times, what I even use for myself is I give them some type of uh, some videos to follow that I'll send them some type of motivational videos or things like that. Or necessarily, I know sometimes coming from me, it may not, you know, sound like, oh, I'm making excuses or everything like that. Or I'm just trying to make them feel better. Or I try to just say, hey, you know, I'm with them along the way which is, I think, an important factor. There's not too many professions in the medical or, or health industry that's like that. I'm with them as they're doing this. So I say, okay, this is, this is what's not worked. Let's go with another game plan. And I try to keep them encouraged. And I try to give them, you know, a lot of positive notes. Or one of the biggest things that, that's really out there now is that you, kind of, you have to celebrate these non-scale goals, a lot of times, yes, that is the ultimate goal. But a lot of times, like you just said, you have more energy, you're increasing your habits. I think sometimes we're just so fixated in, in this finite thing of, oh, I'm just trying to lose weight. But there are other areas in your life where you've improved. You know, you spend more time for your kids, you have more energy, you're getting to bed on time. Again, all these things go into more of a health spectrum. Well, clearly you are passionate about what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. And you're very knowledgeable, which is always a plus. Thank you. For when people are trying to make changes, you know, in their right. lives. Which is not easy. No, it's not. And that's what I mean. That's why it's a good thing to have someone who doesn't just look at this as, okay, this is my job. You're actually passionate and right. knowledgeable about what you're doing. Right. And I think with that, that will help the individuals get the results that he or she may be looking for. Right. So how will or how can um, people get out and try to find you? How can they catch up to you on social media or anything like that? Uh, well, one of the biggest platforms I use, I do have a Facebook as well, uh, but I do have my own personal handle, which is uh, Solid. That's S-O-L-I-D, H as in Harry, F as in Friend. Uh, nine zero. That's my Instagram. So it's Solage HF ninety on Instagram. And if you use Facebook, it's Solid uh, S O L I D Health and Fitness on uh, Facebook. All right. So y'all got all that information <laughs> um, on Instagram. I actually have checked out the Instagram page, and I will tell you one of the things I like about your page is it's not just like the video, right, or the picture. You actually have information, educational information mm-hmm. tips That's to important. go along with it right. to explain, you know, why this particular exercise or technique is being used and the benefits of it. So that, I think, is a great plus. Thank you. I like that versus someone just saying, okay, you're going to do 10 sit <laughs> Right, right. <'Cause laughs> so, that, you, you can look at that anywhere. Right. right. So, but yet, I need to know, okay, well, these 10 sit-ups are working this muscle and the benefit of doing it with this mm. or without this. So, I think that's a plus. So, right. make sure you keep that up. Thank you. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all um, change your mindset. You know, we're in a, a new year. Change your mindset. We're approaching 2021. If the pandemic hasn't taught us anything, it's taught us that we need to take better care of ourselves and those around us. So, if you're looking for 
ways to get fit and to change your lifestyle and some habits, I recommend that you look up Chavez and check him out. He's certified. He knows what he's doing. He's not someone that just came out with a press <laughs> jackpot. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank welcome. you again for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I, and I look forward to, to hearing more of your podcast. You're doing a great job. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you.